Come on, man. Good morning, everybody. It's episode, all you patriots, it's episode 139 of the Patriot Review. Just in case you are ever wondering, which I really doubt you probably ever have really wondered this, but uh, this is what I do before I start a show. I will sit and I will, once I get everything set up, which takes quite a while, actually, and um, all the stories chosen and everything's already on the screen, I will sit and I'll listen to what I would call, you know, an epic uh, genre of, of music like that, because I find it very motivating, a little prayer, a little meditation, um, always want to be doing the work that uh, that God would approve of and trying to spread truth and... Um, trying to motivate people to actually stand up and speak out or run for local public office or whatever the case may be to make a difference in today's, I don't know what to call it other than landslide into, into tyranny. And um, you've heard many times where I talk about fascism actually being a product of the left. If you're just joining me and this is the first time you've heard this, if you're just joining on uh, Blessed News, welcome. If you're watching on Rumble or CloudHub or anywhere else that I am, Frank, uh, Frank Speech, um, welcome. But uh, what I say about it is that fascism is a product of the left because it is absolute government control. And um, I think if you go the further, you go further to the right and go to the extreme right wing that's actually anarchy because the right right believes in no government whatsoever uh the far right so that would be anarchy and not fascism and you will recall the the, the prime example of this was a regime called the national socialist party of germany and of course the nazis were on the left as were all of their platform uh promises including the social welfare system for the elderly and uh, universal health care. And we sure are seeing the ravages of Obamacare in this country. I have to choke when I see the commercials about four out of five people pay $10 a month. They go through the healthcare.gov because um, I can tell you personally that I ended up dropping insurance because it was $817 
a month, which was more than what I would pay out for medication and that sort of thing. So that is all the joke. I'm going to get a little higher here. Excuse the squares, the uh, chair squeaks. So what do I have for you today? Well, I have Dr. Renata Moon joining me, and she's going to talk about the the retaliation and the violation of her First Amendment rights by Washington State University. And uh, this is this is all my opinion. You know, I think that they're an embarrassment. I think that um, when you go to their website and you see that they're building a brand new medical research wing and they're touting the charities and the donations. Now, I don't know. I haven't seen the list, but I have to wonder if, you know, some company like Pfizer might be a part of that. They sponsor everything else. So why not? And uh, when you go to Washington, D.C. at the invite of Senator Ron Johnson and you speak up and you say, hey, as a physician, as a pediatrician, I'm concerned about this because I pulled the pulled the uh, information sheet out of this product and there's no information on it whatsoever. So there's no such thing as informed consent. There's no possibility. And, and um, she obviously was speaking for millions of us who had the same question. And um, she gets retaliated against for it, which is not a surprise these days with what's going on. Uh, before we get to her, though, I want to, of course, dip into the signal. As I said, the slide into tyranny, what does it always begin with? It begins with a gun grab. It begins by attacking your rights to protect yourself, to defend yourself, to defend your family. And of course, the Biden campaign and their infinite wisdom is pissing off Americans by the millions by saying, yes, we're going to come take your guns away. And um, I was just talking with my cousin the other day about this, uh, just putting together a, an advertisement that says, you know, over time, millions and millions of people have been have been killed by this weapon. And uh, it's you know, it's how can we allow this in a civilized society and then basically show the knife because the knife, of course, has killed outside of war. The knife has killed probably many more people. And um, the point being that if you are crazy enough and the operative word is crazy enough to murder somebody, you're going to find a way to do it. And it's not the gun or the knife. It's the mind behind the person that wields them. And um, so anyway, they're coming after they're coming after your guns, which is no big surprise. Uh, maybe they'll get Beto O'Rourke to come and blow it for him and talk talk like he did in the last election. And of course, <laughs> Joe puts out the ultimate messenger, the hyena, uh, VP Harris, who calls more gun control and brands gun violence a disease. I'll tell you what the disease is. The disease is far left liberalism. Um, I'm going to give you one of those times that everybody hates talking, you know, some, some white guy saying, you know, when I was young, but the fact is when I was young, before you leftists attacked the family, before you attacked Christianity, before you attacked, fa attacked fatherhood and called masculinity toxic, we used to literally bring our guns to school. If we we're going to go hunting after school, put them in our lockers. We had them out in the parking lot and not one person ever gave thought to actually shooting school up. You know why? Because we had strong fathers. We had families. The same things that you people tear apart. You want to blame anybody for this disease. The disease is liberalism. The disease is anything goes in our society. The disease is 
it's always somebody else's fault. The disease is let's give all of the perpetrators the rights and and uh, you know really really persecute the people that are the victims. And this is our society. The disease is look at these January 6 people in you no know, we set all this up. We have Ray Epps motivating this behind the scenes who went from a most wanted FBI uh, person to uh, disappearing off the list uh, while we persecute people who did nothing, who were invited into the building they own. And um, that's the disease. The disease is so transparent and so obvious. Only those people are so self-absorbed that they might catch a little bit of news on the mainstream, uh, you know, to satisfy their beliefs so that they can t continue to be so self-absorbed. Only they buy it. And um, the rest of us call your bluff and the rest of us know it. And of course, ultimately, you know, the, the thing that uh, I wanted to mention I thought was very important is what's happening happening in Hawaii. And, um, you know, this is just absolutely inexcusable. Now, my sources say, and I hate, I, I will just say this, it's unconfirmed, but my sources say that as many as 3,000 children have died. There's footage of people jumping off the, the cliffs to shallow waters and rocks below killing themselves like we saw in World War II in Saipan, I think it was. Uh, you know, and uh, what does Joe Biden say when he's bothered and asked a question? Well, Joe Biden's response when asked for a comment about the Maui fire was truly cold. Over the weekend, as more bodies were discovered from the horrible fire, the death toll moved at least to 93 people. That is the controlled number. That is the narrative that they want you to believe, with hundreds of people still missing and the number of dead likely to rise. Authorities were calling it the worst wildfire in a century. Thousands of people have been displaced, I would say probably are dead, and much of Lahaina, Lahaina was wiped out. My apology for the pronunciation. People are raising a lot of questions, so they ask Joe a question, and uh, his response was no comment. Do you remember the, the attacks on Bush, who, <laughs> uh, George W. Bush, who I won't defend, but do you remember the attacks on, on Katrina on him? And uh, the difference between the oil spill under Obama and how everybody was silent. Uh, and here we go again. We have this heartless pedophile who is so dirty and corrupt that, uh, that Al, Capone, Al Capone would envy this monster. Uh, you know, and then speaking of corruption, we go to uh, the Trump indictment last night, which was a pathetic joke. And uh, these individuals, they need they need to be brought down, and I mean that legally, not violently, please. But they need to be brought down, and they need to be held accountable because this is just absolute nonsense. We all know it. We all saw that uh, Trump was questioning the election results and have, had every right to because we all know that it was stolen. If we just look at the facts, and um, yet they go ahead with this, and they're only going to make it more popular. And, you know, they start uh, indicting people like Sidney Powell as well. They're only going to make us more resolved to actually take them on and uh, to get our country back. So that's really all I have to say about that. It's just absolute nonsense. And uh, we all need to, 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 to regroup and to redouble our efforts. And uh, that's the truth of the matter. I'll be right back after this. 
after we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I had to spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific um, sight to come upon. It was the fact that our daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person set foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. Okay, you can go get Kingdom Fuel at Sherwood.tv slash TPR. That's Sherwood.tv slash TPR. You can go see Breaking the Oath. It's on the website America First Productions, America the number one ST Productions.com and RedBloodedPatriots.com as well as, as Rumble. Now I have a very special guest joining me, my very good friend, Dr. Renata Moon. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, you know, things are uh things are moving right along and uh it's uh it's it's never a it's there's never an opportunity to take a breath because so much is coming at us. We look at the the indictments last night and the the nonsense, you know, once again showing the persecution of anybody who's a constitutional conservative or, or I believe a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um you know, which you have personally experienced and that's what I wanted to bring you here to talk to you about and uh you know, let you share your story because yeah, I think there's nothing greater in a person's life that they, they care about nothing more than they care about their children. 
And um, here you are, a staunch defender of children, and obviously you chose to be a pediatrician because you care about children. And for those that don't know, you were invited to, to speak at a, a hearing at the Senate by Ron Johnson, my senator, and um, you spoke up and you got retaliated against for it. So why don't we start with that and just share your story and uh, talk about you know, what's going on as a result of it? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I just have to give my usual disclaimer, which is that my views are my own. I'm not here representing any entity or uh, organization or a past or present employer. Um, yeah, we're, we're living in interesting times. Our freedom of speech has just disappeared. And so my situation is, like you said, I, I was invited at the request of a U.S. senator to come speak at a Senate hearing. It was held on uh on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., in the historic Kennedy Caucus Room of the Senate building. And it was a roundtable discussion about uh, COVID-19 shots and what our concerns were about that. Um, so as a, sorry, my dog is scratching himself right now. Background <laughs> noise, I'm sorry. Good timing. <laughs> but it was, it was held at the request of a U.S. Senator as a fact-finding event. And so I, as a, as a private pediatrician citizen, it's not just my right to speak, but it's my obligation to speak. And so I, I flew out to Washington, D.C. on my personal time. I shared my views on this. It was a very long program. If you watched it, it was very interesting. It was, a, I think, a three-hour-long program with people from all different you know, professions, people there from the life insurance business and from Department of Defense and, you know, experts from all over. And, and as, as an expert in pediatrics, I've taken care of pediatric patients my whole career. I wanted to contribute. So really what I said that day was um, there was really nothing that wasn't factual. I said that we've seen an increase in heart inflammation, which is called myocarditis. Mm -hmm. I showed a package insert that... Um, from the product, from the mRNA product box that said, it was a huge piece of paper and it said intentionally blank on it when you- Yeah, I've got the article up with that picture right now showing yeah. that to the side of us here. Yeah. And so, I, said, I said we're being censored and silenced. Anyway, I, I didn't say anything that wasn't quite factual. And, uh, as in, and then I didn't think much more of it. I've continued to speak out, of course, and I've continued to not order this product for any patient. I've actually never ordered it for any of my patients, not knowingly. Uh, and because I, the, the safety data was clear, there was no reason to be giving this to our nation's children. The risks were unknown and significant for some children, and the benefits were dubious at best. And so anyway, I, I wouldn't have thought much more of it, but my medical school employer in March of this year, March of 2023, sent me a memo that has uh, now gone public. And so it's available for people to, to review. Uh, as to the first parts, parts of the memo about my, you know, allegedly not taking appropriate personal time, I can assure you I have all the documents and I took personal time the way that we've always taken personal time. Uh, not to mention the fact that the event itself was held on a day where I never have taught at the medical school. So it was absolutely a day off. And the press release that I issued to the um, media in advance of the event clearly stated that I was not representing anybody other than my own personal views. 
Anyway, the, it's the fourth and fifth points of the memo that I want to draw the reader's attention to. Uh, my employer says in the fourth point that it's their ethical obligation to report the words that I spoke at the Senator Johnson event uh, to the medical to the Washington Medical Commission uh, because I may have provided misinformation is what they say in their letter. And I just want to pause for a minute and say, look, we, we, you don't report someone to the Medical Commission of their state unless you believe that they have committed malpractice in the direct care of a patient. This had nothing to do with the direct care of any patient. This was simply a concerned pediatrician speaking on her personal time, trying to convey the dangers and her concerns about the dangers of a product that had been launched onto our nation's children. Which by today, I mean, your concerns have been vindicated over and over and over again, even though they, yeah. they tried to deny it in the mainstream media. And we all know it. Yeah, we all know it. This is I, I said nothing that was even controversial that that day. You know, there has been an increase in myocarditis. These these products have a huge concern for safety. And uh, so anyway, so to to come after me for that and to threaten to report me to the medical commission, I'll let the listener, you know, come up with their own views on that. But uh, and then the fifth point of that memo stated that because. It, we'd have to read the exact verbiage, but basically it said that uh, the medical school follows the evidence and I may no longer be suited to, uh, I may no longer be suited to teach their medical students. And uh, then at the end of June of 2023, my annual contract was up for renewal and the, the medical school failed to renew my contract, sending me a letter stating that the school was going in a quote, different direction. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we all know what the truth is behind it. And I will just say this, that in working with you before, you know, I knew you had this, I knew you had this memo from them stating that they had concerns before your, before your contract expired and they didn't renew it. But, um, I will say that you are adamant about, and we went back and forth on emails and just how to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, to your satisfaction about, you know, making a point that you, you were speaking only for yourself. And, um, you know, then, and we made that quite clear in our project and, you know, you did it again, just out of habit coming on today. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I can't, I can't understand, um, how, especially a university or they're supposed to be bastions of thought and debate and right. All these, uh, open conversations and opinions and, that's how our kids are supposed to be exposed to critical thinking, you know, at the adult level. And instead, we're giving them safe spaces and stuffed animals and controlling the narrative, um, you know. And um, so many people are victimized by that, as, as you have now been victimized by that. And I just don't think that there's any American out there that, that is honest about what they see. Uh, who doesn't just shake their head and say, this is just flat out wrong. And it's it's something that, you know, when I go on the website for WSU and I look at what they're touting, they're touting all of the well, record-breaking year in donations. And they're talking about their, um, they're talking about their um, expansion or addition of the medical research facilities. And, um, you know, the first question that comes to my mind, based on my knowledge of the of big pharma and all the companies that sponsor almost everything out there, 
is I wonder who the donor the donors are behind that project, and I wonder if um, you know there's a way that we could easily find that out. I didn't find it on their website. Now I didn't invest a, a whole lot of time in it, but I have to wonder that, and I don't know the answer to that. Maybe you do. Yeah, I, I don't, but I um, I want to be clear about one thing, and that is that, uh, first of all, I, I guess two things. One, I want to agree with you. I've always been careful to, I've spoken out hundreds of times in, in the last year and a half about my concerns with what's happening nationwide, and I've always been very careful about being clear that I'm speaking on behalf of, of myself, and, and that's it. So that's my track record. Um, but but the other thing I want to be clear about is this is not about my personal job situation. This is not about one medical school. This is about the fact that this is literally happening nationwide. And the, the people being harmed by this ultimately are our students, our medical students. I have worked with some amazing medical students in my years of teaching, and I've taught for over 20 years. I've taught at this particular medical school for a number of years. And, and I enjoy my students, they're, they're good people, but they are being cheated of an education where they truly have the ability to have free discussions with one another. They're always having to look over their shoulder to see what someone else is, is thinking. You know, they're walking on eggshells as far as being right. able to discuss topics. And I'll remind the listener, this is not, you know, this is not grade school, not that, that grade school isn't important, but this is not grade school, this is, a medical school. This is where we are training our nation's future physicians. And they need to be able to have really robust discussions like we did when I was in medical school. I, I didn't always agree with what my professors were saying, but we were able to really hash it out and have dialogue back and forth. And right. here, the, the steering wheel of what is allowed, you know, what we're allowed to, to drive, where we can drive the car, so to speak, in the conversations with students is so limited. It's it's very restricted by this narrative that the school and, and schools around the nation uh, want people to stay in. So what message does this send to our medical students and our faculty nationwide? The, the message is, it sends to me is you need to color within the lines. You need to stay within the lines of the, of the party narrative that is being pushed. And if you don't do that, your career is over. Yeah. This is the thought police of 1984 mm -hmm. is what it is. Yeah. We're going to, we'll pick it up right there after this quick break. We'll be right back.
American patriots, it's me, Wayne Alaroot, otherwise known as War. I have a very special announcement for all of you. My hit show, Wayne Alaroot, Raw and Unfiltered, is coming to the brand new station that's taking over the nation, Blessed News Network. God has opened a door in my life to be part of this amazing new Christian conservative network, live every night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on our channel on Roku TV, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and streaming live on the Blessed News iPhone and Android apps. Tune in to watch me drive home the truth and dismantle the fake news narrative with big-name nightly guests and exclusive interviews with all the heavy hitters you know and love. Become part of history as we make America godly again and launch the first faith-centered conservative broadcasting network where Jesus Christ is commander-in-chief of all of our stories and where truth and integrity really matter. Join me Monday through Friday on any of our platforms or on the Blessed News website, blessed.news, where you can stream all the shows for free. Or you can sign up for Blessed Plus for even more access to Raw and Unfiltered with me, Wayne Allen Root, the hardest working man in show business. Thank you, and God bless America. Steel News will be joining the Blessed News Network 11 p.m. weeknights. I'm Ann Vanderstill, and I'm very excited to be a part of the programming put together by Jake Lang. Doesn't matter if he's behind bars. He's a January 6th political hero, as far as I'm concerned. And Steel News will be reporting the truth of everything happening, not only in the swamp, but around the world to help you put into context what's really going on so you can make the best decisions for you and your family. Steel News, 11 p.m. on the Blessed News Network. And we are back with Dr. Renata Moon. We were just talking about, you know, what a chilling message these these types of uh, reactions and, in my mind, persecutions have on or, or send to all of us. And it's not just physicians, of course, our medical students, but it's it's all college students or the majority of college students across the country. We have this we have this issue where where thought, free thought, is no longer tolerated. And uh, we have even professors who are turning over tables and and quieting people, and it's just absolute nonsense. And uh, uh, you know, when you talk about consequential uh, life choices and careers, you know, the physicians obviously are our major one as our attorneys and and other other uh, other fields, but um, physicians in particular. And you look at the attitude that I think um, is being is being shoved down these these uh, young adults' throats, you know, as far as um, end of life care and usefulness and the whole kind of eugenics mindset that the the extreme left has, it's absolutely scary. So the the question that I, I want to talk about is, you know, what what can be done or what is the path to come back from this in your mind? Yeah, that's a really tough question. I, I think our schools nationwide are very infiltrated right now with this idea that there's just one party narrative and with many of these discussions. And it's going to take people from within the schools to start speaking out more. Uh, and that's difficult because look what happens to those of us who do, right? We're really sort of mm -hmm. kicked off the bus. And um, I, I, I want to be clear, my views are not anything radical or you know, crazy. They're they're fairly neutral, logical views, and and yet it's very clear they're the schools are purging professors that have differing perspectives. And 
I, I've had a number of faculty come to me and say, wow, we've we've lost our freedom of speech. You know, people don't quite know what to do. I um I, I want to back up a minute, just just two years ago, tell you about what happened two years ago. And that puts the whole thing into some more perspective, I think. So at the same medical school two years ago in the spring of 2021, I was actually pulled from my discussion groups. Uh, we, we teach discussion groups where the students are to, just, as they tell us, to discuss a variety of different topics. I was actually pulled over anonymous student allegations against me. And uh, as those came out, and I've, I've spoken about them before, I've just never said where it was. Now it's now it's come to light as to the location, but it's the same school. The, mm -hmm. um, the three allegations against me were my students had found it harmful and traumatic that we had discussed differing perspectives in these discussion groups. I, I didn't tell them that they had to believe what I was saying. I didn't tell them that, you know, I didn't yell at them. There was never an accusation of my, you know, mistreating them in the sense of, uh, yelling at them or giving them poor grades or anything like that. The allegation was that I had mistreated them by sharing different perspectives. And it's it's all very well documented, as crazy as it sounds. But the differing perspectives were in one of the discussion groups, the topic was racism in medicine. And I didn't pick the topic, the school did. But I literally paraphrased the words of Dr. Martin Luther King. I paraphrased Dr. MLK and my students found that to be harmful to them. And that was the first allegation against me. The second one was regarding the COVID-19 shots, actually. They were just rolling out. We weren't even talking about them that day in, in discussion group. We were just socializing. But my students asked me what I thought of them, and I really hadn't read much about them. But I just engaged in some critical thinking with my students like I would a colleague. I said, you know, what's the biodistribution? Never be the first or the last to jump on any new product is what I was taught. I said, you know, could these shots cause? And I went into some things that, you know, I wondered if they could cause rheumatologic issues, immune problems, cancer. I, you know, I just we just maybe five minutes talked about this. And that was the second allegation against me was they said I had traumatized them or caused them harm by telling them that the shots might not be 100 percent safe. Uh, before they rolled out. So aspirin is not 100% safe, right? Nothing right. is 100% right. safe. And so there was no guarantee that these experimental genetic products were going to be 100% safe. Um, and then the third allegation had to do with the masking and the social distancing and the mental health mm -hmm. issues we were seeing with our nation's kids. So I, I think my point here is that students across the country are just increasingly intolerant of having discussions about anything that deviates from the lines that they've been taught to color in. And it's really funneling us in to the system where there really will be no critical thinking because A, they won't have been taught to critically think, B, they won't tolerate it, they'll police one another when it happens. And, and C, you know, how does this play out as we head into a world where we have physicians who just do what these pharmaceutical companies and what their employers tell them they must do. Really, we've just become mouthpieces for pharmaceutical companies and for big tech and for these, these major corporations uh, without any questioning at all. And, and, and those that do question are silenced. Right. So the, the only way that I can see this improving is we really need to restructure 
every one of our institutions of higher learning. As then we need to, to start from square one. We're going to need to clean these out in the sense of, you know, removing people from positions that uh, from every, I think every person probably will need to be removed from a position and, and then rehired and start fresh again, because the corruption and the level of, uh, uh, you know, capture by these pharmaceutical companies, these corporations is so massive right now that you don't fix it with just one policy or one, mm-hmm. you know, one law. I think it's going to have to be a whole spring cleaning kind of a thing or or we're in terrible trouble. You know, we we already we have, are in terrible trouble. We are. And, and we realize that that's why we're all here on our time off. Right. Speaking. But. Yeah, we are in serious trouble when you are looking at a, a physician, me as an example, who was removed from her teaching position for stating the obvious and for stating safety concerns on her personal time at the request of a U.S. senator. Then then I would ask you, do we still have a U.S. Constitution? Do we still have any civil rights at all at this point? And we we need to clean this up because what will they inject us with next if we can't question anything that is being injected into our bodies? Well, they're taking it beyond injections and trying to put it in the, into the the, uh, the food sources that we eat and everything else. And um, you know, people think that that's you know maybe far out there, but I mean, these are things that that have been proven. They've just not been again not been shared. You know, and the other thing I'd say is I think the problem is much more societal, and this is just my opinion, but, you know, um, the days of, of coddling children and, and not having them be able to understand that, hey, you're going to fail, or hey, there's going to be hard times, or hey, everybody has a right to their opinion, and, and you know, maybe the idea is to listen to it and challenge yourself, um, that needs to come back, and we need to foster that in our children, and I, and I think that as our society has been torn apart and where anything goes and just uh, whatever you want, you get, I think that's a large part of the problem too. What do you think? Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think that this all started, I think they, honestly, I think we were looking back, I think that we were groomed to some huge extent, right? With social mm-hmm. media. So, you know, if you had come to us 15 years ago before social media rolled out, because when did it roll out? Like, the early 2000s, 2012, 2011, people really began to get, I mean, it, there was some before that, but it was, you know, right. social media in terms of cell phones and all that. If you had come to us like in the early 2000s or late 1990s and said, you know what, we're going to take away your free speech and you're going to love it. We would have all as a nation been like, no way, you're not touching my free speech. Stay away from me. This is, I have the right to speak. But we were slowly like that frog in the pot of boiling water. We were slowly brought yeah. into it with social media because what did they do with social media? Social media had a little button on it that said that you could block people, right? So if you didn't like someone's mm-hmm. opinion, you just hit the block button. You just canceled them out of your life. You kicked them off your Facebook. You 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 basically purged them from your own world so that you didn't have mm-hmm. to tolerate listening to anything they had to say that was different than what you wanted. So they trained us to, to actually censor one another and to block one another. And so really what happened with me, with my students two years ago, I don't blame my students at all. They're really nice people, except for the behavior I blame. And the behavior was was taught to them as they grew up. They basically blocked a professor that had 
a different narrative than the one they wanted to hear. So, you know, they've been trained to do this and we need to to sort of untrain our society and realize that free speech is the very basis of our freedoms and of our constitutional republic. The idea that we do have free speech is paramount to our success as a as a nation and to our future. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think you're being awful kind, and my opinion is to blame your students because they're adults and they're responsible for their behaviors, and and um, they should own them, and that's what they haven't done all their lives is they haven't owned their behaviors. And you look at the social media, all of your points are, are very valid there. Mm-hmm. I would just add this, that you know there is tolerance, but there's only tolerance for one standard, and that standard is no standard. Mm-hmm. They're only tolerant of... Um, they're only tolerant of things that are are really on the left extreme. I mean, if you're saying, hey, you know, pedophilia is normal and we got to accept it, and hey, we got to accept the trans agenda, and hey, we got to, you know, being taught to our eight-year-olds, um, that all that's perfectly fine to put out there. But if you dare to say, as a pediatrician in your case, it's say, hey, wait a minute, let's rethink this. Let's look at the data we have and and question whether or not it's the right thing to do. And that's all you really did. You didn't come out. I watched I watched your testimony. I watched your comments. And you didn't come out and say, um, you know, I absolutely refuse to, to give this to any of my patients because, you know, I think it's going to kill them. I, You know, you you basically said you were talking about informed consent and you were talking about the, the lack of information, the lack of experience with this new drug. And... Um, you brought up valid questions that any reasonable person would have, and still you get retaliated against for it. And I guess my point in all that is saying it's okay on one side to be absolutely extreme, and that there's no consequences for it. But when you just raise logical issues and questions, if you're not following in lockstep with the thought police, you're going to get retaliated against. And um, it's just unacceptable in America, and and uh, you know let's let's talk a little bit more about that when we come back. I we have to take one more break here before we're done talking, so just bear with me on that, and we'll be right back. Sounds good. Hey, Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to com slash The Patriot Review, get all kinds of free, great information, and invest in gold and silver for your future. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that, even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation eBook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. Here's a nutritional hack anyone can master. Replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel. Or if you're a moth in the gym, add a shake 
to your daily meal plan. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber, 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fat, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life. No gimmicks, just results. Start today. Hey, Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Okay, we're back with Dr. Renata Moon, and we are discussing the sad state of affairs in America today where freedom of speech is under attack, especially if you are not in lockstep with the thought police. And uh, we were were just talking about uh, the impact of social media and the... uh, the youth in general and critical thinking and the need for it and the importance of it. Um, but let's talk about you, you personally and, and what is next for you going forward, um, how you're responding to this and you know what you see yourself really spending time working towards here. Yeah, I've given that a fair amount of thought, obviously. <laughs> I think, uh, like you said, we, we're, our nation is in so much trouble. We really are. And we need everyone to engage and say, this is not on my watch. I'm not doing this on my watch. And so part of my role moving forward, I I see is um, helping facilitate that. I want to uh, be even more vocal than I have been and get some uh, programs moving forward for parents where parents can link in and help really fight for their parental rights and understand what's happening in the world of medical care that directly impacts their ability to make informed decisions for their own families, for their own children. Uh, what I've seen playing out in Washington state is, is, is frightening. Uh, you know, we're watching parental rights erode away. I've had parents reaching mm-hmm. out to me from across the country who have had, some of them have had their parental rights taken away Uh, One lady that I'm thinking of uh, from the country, across our country, lost her parental rights because she had asked too many questions at the pediatrician's office, was fired from the pediatrician's office for, quote, asking too many questions. Can you believe it? And her her child actually had an adverse reaction to the COVID-19 shots that were given. And uh, her ex-spouse came after her for for full medical decision-making. Uh, capacity and was granted that by the courts based on the fact that she'd asked too many questions and had been fired from the pediatric office. We're hearing just about horrible things. And, and it's time for everyone listening to this. I, you know, what we keep hearing from people is, well, I just, it's just me. What can I do? What can I do? And 
you have to be doing something every day with this, you know, whether it's telling five people, two people, one person, letting them know what's happening. We've got to be spreading the word about what's happening and people need to engage at the grassroots level. So do something with your school board, go do something with your local county commissioner's office, get engaged with local groups that are fighting for your freedom uh, in your own communities, sitting around on the couch and listening is no longer an option for any of us. If you have a job that's in any of these industries and you see what's happening, be brave and speak out. You will find other colleagues that are just being quiet because they're waiting for you and other people to speak out too. There are a lot of us, I have no doubt that we're the majority that understand how dangerous this is and that what's happening is not <clears throat> is not sustainable for the future. Um, so please, please engage in that. And and, and, you know, you kind of caught me on it a little bit just before the break, and you were right. I, I tend to be too nice. That's the problem. I tend to be too nice. Our country tends to be too nice. We tend to be too politically correct and mm -hmm. too nice when we we have to stop that. I, I tell that to myself, too. I have to stop being so nice. These people just have, you know, come after right. everything that we hold dear, you know, so here I am, I was accused of student mistreatment for having discussions with students in a discussion group, like, and, and I was nice about it. So what is, it's not that I yelled. I mean, to me, student mistreatment is berating someone or screaming at them, mm -hmm. or, you know, causing them harm in some way. It's not simply presenting alternate viewpoints that they don't want. That's not mistreatment, but yet they've redefined what mistreatment means. We need to stop being so politically correct and we need to stop being so polite and nice. And we need to just kick back because this this is not a world that our children and grandchildren can survive. If we continue plunging down this hole of oppression and, you know, thought police and really we're in 1984, like 40 years. We are in 1984. And I would take that a little bit further and say this is a, an example of why we need strong men in our society and why we need people to, to do one thing. I wish we had Nancy Reagan back to say what? Just say no. This is how we got here. Yeah. This is how we got here. You know, okay, I'll put a mask on, even though I, you know, have no idea whether or not it helps or not. Even though Fauci told us first it didn't, and then changed his mind and back and forth. And you know, I mean, we, what happened in our country where we just all of a sudden tolerate all this stuff and uh, we don't stand up? That's the real. That's the real uh, question. You know. Yeah. Is, I think back to wow. my, as many of you know, my mom and dad both escaped from communism. My dad was actually born in, he, I have an interesting family history, but he was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Yes, my mom was born in Prague, but they met behind the, the Iron Curtain of communism and they fled from it. You know, I, I think back to everything my mom has told me about how that system, that oppressive, horrible system came down over them. And it was the same thing. It was, they, they were warned, the Czech citizens were warned that this was happening and everyone wanted to just mind their own business. They all just wanted to, you know, they thought, oh, if I just stay silent, this will somehow escape me or I will escape this. I mean, that doesn't happen. The system comes right. for everybody. It's it's a matter of who is left to stand with you when they come for you. And right. we're, we're at that point in America where, you know, they're coming after your doctors. They're coming, the medical house of freedom is literally on fire right now. They're coming after your physicians. And if, if my case serves as an example for anything, I hope it serves as an example of how outrageous this has become at this point. 
you know, this has had nothing to do with direct patient care. This had everything to do with my obligation and responsibility to speak as a concerned professional. And right. look what happened. The American public has, has got to be loud about what's happening in the world of healthcare. We have well, in the world, in the, in the country and in the world itself, because you have this whole globalist agenda, and that's what this is really about, in my opinion. So what I take from what you just said is, um, especially with your parents' experience, is that uh, if for all of you out there, liken it to this, we are at the crossroads, and we've all seen movies about someone at the crossroads making a deal with the devil, and the devil says, hey, I'll give you this, this, and this, and this, this, and this if you give me your soul. And that is what's happening. I'll give you this benefit, that benefit. I'll give you this. You won't have to work. You won't have to think. You you can be as immoral as you want. I'll give you this, this, and this if you give up your soul. And too many Americans are and people around the world are giving up their soul. And what what is happening is exactly what we could expect. The devil's going to come for his dues, and yeah. and that's that's really where we're at. So, um, so you had told me before that. Mm-hmm. What's that? Sorry, I just wanted to add one more thing, which is that they're sure. doing this with fear, right? They're fear mongering. Right. And we all know that. We all see it. But one example of that that, you know, is very obvious to me, too, as I fly different places around our nation, you go through this amazing, this really intense security, right? The TSA security checks where they right. check you for everything. And then you get into the airport and there are video cameras everywhere. And they keep piping in in many of these um, airports. If you see something, say something. You know, there's constant fear-mongering. What exactly do they think you're going to see in an airport where you've had everything padded down and they've x-rayed everything? Like, what? this this couldn't be a safer place for you to be at this point than anywhere else. But they're 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 using that to, to pipe in this fear of, like, something's going to happen to you after you've gone through the security check. You know, it's this constant fear, fear, and people seem to you know, oh yeah, let me get in line, let me do this, let me do that. No, just live as free people. We are free people. Live as free people. Yeah. Right, it's that, it's that simple. And uh, they, they take it a step further, and now they have chips and passports and the real ID with chips, and it's all about tracking yeah. where you are, who you're with, everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and um, it reminds me of the movie, one of the airplane movies, where... They show people going through the line, and there's a bunch of terrorists with machine guns and rocket launchers and everything else. And then they throw this grandma up against the wall who's just coming through security, right? It's it's kind of like well, that where yeah. it, it's all show. It's all show, and it's all deliberate to change your mindset and the way we think. And fear is a, is a huge – I'm glad you pointed that out because fear is huge. Fear is how it's been done historically over time you know, through communist regimes and scapegoating and pitting against each other. That's the other thing that we got to, we got to get over is, um, you know, you have your beliefs, I have my beliefs, but if we both believe in freedom, we should be together on this one. And um, yeah, we need to be united for, in our quest for freedom again, as crazy as that sounds in America, we've lost way too much freedom, way too much freedom. And so when they come after people like they have across our nation, everyone has to be loud to be very loud about how we will not tolerate this as a nation. Yeah. Amen. Um, so our time is up. I'd love talking with you. I know we're going to, we're working together going forward, hopefully on this project on parents' rights. And that would be, that would be awesome. I really want to do that. 
Um, where can people follow you and what you're doing? You know, I actually don't use social media. I know that sounds crazy, but I never liked it. <laughs> and now I kind of feel like everyone who used it has turned into a zombie in front of me. <laughs> like not everyone, but many have, right? Right. I never have actually used it, so I'm sorry. But you can reach me by email at pediatriciansspeakout at gmail.com. And it's plural. So pediatricians with an S speak out at gmail.com. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. And you are welcome to come back anytime you want to give updates. We would definitely enjoy that. And if there's anything that I can do that actually helps you out in any way, just uh, yeah, if you can post that article for people to see, that article that spells out what happened, it has many of the documents in it that the reader can, yep. can read. And I think if you're unhappy about what you see happening and what, you know, what happened in my situation, I would make your voices heard, you know, write, write to people, let them know what's happened and, and spread the word about what's happened. It's, it, we cannot continue down this path. We got to turn this boat around. So. Yeah, I do that. I do that a lot. You go to the, go to their website and you can find their contact information. I did write to them. It wasn't very nice, but um, mm -hmm. uh, anyway, that we got to do that. We got to speak yeah. out and I appreciate you saying that. But again, you're welcome back anytime and um, God bless you thank and you. what you're doing. Thank you. God and, bless uh, look, you. Thanks. Thank you. Look forward to talking again. Thank you. Bye.